0: Hi, I'm Connie, and this is From Chaos to Peace with Connie, episode number 77, Balance Your Life with Ayurveda with Sahara Lee. Welcome back, and thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears. This is episode number 77 of the From Chaos to Peace podcast, where you learn how a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away. If you are signed up for my weekly emails and are part of my small but mighty Facebook community, you know that every week I give you a challenge to declutter something in a few minutes a day. Last week, for example, we made some space in our calendars. The week before, we deleted emails and unsubscribed from newsletters. Before that, we decluttered bedrooms, bathrooms and other areas in our home and office. Decluttering is self-love in my opinion and brings more ease and flow into your life. And if you want to start create more space, ease and flow in a few minutes a day, go to the show notes and sign up to receive your weekly challenge every Monday morning in your inbox. So today's topic is how you can change and balance your life with Ayurveda and my guest is Sahara Ali. By the way, I have awesome guests lined up. I'm actually booked Till August, so I hope you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. Oh, and if you love my podcast, you can help me by going to Apple Podcast and write a review. This will help that more people find this podcast and can move from chaos to peace in their life and business. So for those of you who have no idea how to write a review, I have step-by-step instructions in the show notes and on my website. But back to today's guest. I'm very excited to welcome Sahara Lee because Sahara calls herself an alchemist of the soul. She is using Ayurveda, energy work, movement and plant medicine to show us how everything we touch is a tool that moves us closer to or further away from our authentic self. In Ayurveda, there are three main body types, Vara, Pitta and Kapha. And in our pre-chat, I was surprised to hear Sahara say that if she comes into someone's home, she can usually tell what type they are by looking at how much clutter they have and how tidy their home looks. (laughs) This really intrigued me to hear more about Ayurveda, and I hope you are really curious too. We are talking about how she realized that she could use everything around her to bring herself back into harmony and back to herself, and how she could use every failure to free herself. We talk about how we are taught what is right or wrong and what is correct and false, but we are not taught resilience on how to get up and try again when we didn't get it quite right in the first place. We also talk about what traveling taught Sahara and what things, thoughts and emotions are necessary and which aren't. We can only carry so much with us. And also how the knowledge of Ayurveda can help you smooth out the friction of life. So, without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Sahara Lee. Welcome, Sahara, to my podcast. I'm so happy to have you. How are you today? I am
1: fabulous. Excited for spring.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. We're just talking about we both can't wait for summer. So now we're with spring, at least spring, you know, that summer is closer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So introduce yourself a little bit. Like who is Sahara, which is a very Awesome, beautiful name. And what was her journey to end up on my podcast?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, when I, gosh, where did it begin? Um, So my name actually is a a mixture of two words. It's Sa and Hara, which means original power. Um, So I love that. And that is kind of what I am trying to help people find in their lives is their original power, and um, essentially, my journey has been face planting over and over and over on my path to find my original power. Um, and and I really do feel that um, we need to get used to face planting, essentially, and and get good at it. <laughs> they were, you know, like a gymnast and and all of the athletes. They're um, Their strength is their ability to fall because you will always fall while you're learning, while you're growing, while you're changing, while you're creating. Um, But the trick is to not let it take you down permanently. So it's like you got to be skillful at falling and failing before you can really get to like that beautiful um, succeeding place. So that's that's what I do in my life all day, every day, and that's what I strive to help other people do. Yeah,
0: I feel like when we're when we're little, we're still allowed to fail. No, like when we learn to walk, like we're encouraged to walk, and even if we fall over, we're just like everybody around us cheers us on, and we're getting <laughs> like, up. yay, you and fell. Then later, <laughs> yeah. But then later they start training that out of yeah. us, no? I mean, I, I feel like when I went to school being wrong, having the wrong answer, failing on a test was like a big deal. And it's and then we have to start relearning again that failing actually is a good thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I really wish
1: that they that that as we grew that the idea of failing and falling could be honored more. Um, I had this conversation with a friend a little while ago. What would happen if when you got called to the front of the room to work out a a math problem or something on the board and you got it wrong, what would happen if instead of the teacher sending you back to your seat, they said, okay, this isn't quite correct. Let's walk through this together. Mm -hmm. And you had this experience of like, oh, okay, there's my problem. Let me fix it and do the rest of the thing. And like how that would be teaching by example of like how to overcome yeah. obstacles because we're not taught that as kids we're just we're taught you're either right or you're wrong you either pass or you fail yeah. and you can go back and try again but there there is no there's no resilience really taught to us and I think that that's missing no,
0: I feel it's more shame yeah to me I feel like shame is taught I mean I remember Uh, when I was wrong in school, I would be so ashamed and, and not that the teacher maybe necessarily shamed me, but the the whole reaction was, oh no, that's wrong. And it's, it's kind of like, it created this tension and, and then everybody in the classroom was kind of like glad it wasn't them that said it wrong instead of creating, um, creating a, a supportive environment or supportive community, we created this gap, no, oh, thank God she is wrong and she is <laughs> not me, you know? Yeah.
1: And, yeah. Cause it's like, as like as I've grown and as I've been doing more um, kind of holistic training and studying, there is a different perspective where you're excited that you are the person that got picked to go to the front of the room and be the example, because often you have to work on your own stuff. And, you know, I got, you get to work on your own health issues. You get to work on your own emotional issues, your own mental issues. And, and that's such a flip from being a kid where you're, like you said, you're like, oh man, thank God the teacher didn't call on me. It's like when you shift into a different, like a holistic view where it's like, man, I wish the teacher called on me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Cause it is. Yeah. I've been in workshops. Yeah. I have been in workshops like this too, where they said, who wants to, who wants to be the guinea pig kind of like, you know, in the front. And um, I would often um, raise my hand and then people would say, oh, you're so brave. But I'm thinking like, yeah, but I gain so much from it. No, it's like, but this is where people say, oh, oh, you're so brave because we're so conditioned to, oh my God, no, you can't be in the front of the class or the group and, and, and because you could fail. And yeah, so, yeah. So how did you figure this out? Like, was there a moment in your life where you, where you figured out, oh, oh, that's what, what life asks from me, like one specific one? Or were you more kind of like, were you born (laughs) with this wisdom? Let's say like that. I would say, I'd
1: say we're all born with this wisdom and then it gets, you know, it gets conditioned out of us. I don't think that there was necessarily a moment where I shifted my perspective back to that. I think it was, it was, it was a process. And, you know, they always talk about healing and discovering as being like an onion process where you're just peeling back layers. And I think that it was peeling back layers and my perspective changing and my comfortability with being wrong changed. Um, my, my comfortability with being able to say, I don't know, changed. Mm-hmm. My comfortability with being able to accept responsibility for being wrong <laughs> and and calling myself out and none of that stuff ever gets super comfortable nobody likes to be wrong nobody likes to hurt somebody yeah. um nobody likes to be the, the, the person that was wrong in the argument um but you get more comfortable with it as you want as you grow in your desire to have more authentic connection with the people in your life and the world around you and i think that at some point, that desire became way stronger than the discomfort (laughs) of of needing to always be right and needing to always look like I have my shit together because in all reality I don't (laughs) nobody does.
0: We all just pretend anyways. (laughs) Yeah exactly. So you're you're living quite outside the box I feel like so how did traveling and and learning all these um, amazing things, like um, I think you do yoga, Ayurveda, and all these things. How did that um, help you in your journey? Or or were they, I would assume they were critical and crucial and everything, but in what way? Um, Well, I think that traveling
1: taught me to be uncomfortable. Um, And it really taught me what things, not just material things, but all things, beliefs, emotions, opinions, um, were were necessary and what things weren't. Like you can only in life carry so much with you. And when you're traveling, there's only so much you can obviously carry with you. Um, But learning to look at things from that perspective of like, do I really need this? How is this serving me? Um, That that has bled so deeply into every other aspect of my life, where that non-attachment of being like, yeah, this is my favorite thing, but this is my favorite outfit, or, you know, but it's not reasonable for me to have all these, have all of this with me. And, and I think that that is an important thing to just the, the journey of life, the traveling through life, like, do I really need this? This was a gift, you know, this was a belief that was gifted to me from my church, from my family, from my culture. But is it really serving me in my day-to-day life? And if not, it's like, okay, thank you. I appreciate, I love I love that little thing that I was given, but I don't need it anymore. It's, you know, it's not gonna propel me into the next bit of my life and I don't need to carry it (laughs) along the way.
0: Yeah, but see, I see that every day. So when I help people declutter and get organized, so many people hold on to these things that actually don't serve them. And then sometimes they even realize they don't serve them and they can still not detach themselves from it. So that, but yeah, I think traveling is a good one because, and you also notice when you're traveling, especially if you're not just going for a week to a resort and come back, but you're traveling a little bit more longer. Uh, that's bad English. <laughs> if you travel a little longer, um, how little you actually need. Like I traveled across country for weeks in a camper, very small space. I don't know, ten square feet or something crazy, and you just can't have that much thing, that many things, and life works. Like you don't need all these things, you know, and still so many people are so attached to it. I think
1: that that is a bit of privilege in many ways, um, because we are privileged for the most part to have enough space to keep all that stuff. Um, Yeah. Yeah, not always. Ways. I mean, I I spent a lot of years in New York City and I had to learn, you know, efficient spatialness. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I do think it's a little bit of a privilege thing where if we, if we weren't necessarily always allowed to just hang on to things forever, we wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, it would, if it became much more of a lifestyle thing to let stuff go. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I find that, like, wh- when I do Ayurveda, I come across clients often that have a lot of this clutter—physical, emotional, um, food-wise. Especially, like, I'm really—I need to eat this. And and I start to talk to them about, okay, well, how does what is it that this thing, this food, um, this emotion, what does it provide for you? What do you feel? And oftentimes, it's it's nostalgia of some sort. It reminds me of my grandmother. It you know, and finding really unique and creative ways that they can maintain that connection, that memory, that comfort, while still letting the object itself go or the food go. Like, how can you remember this person in a different manner? How can you get that same comfort feeling from something more healthy? (laughs) You know, things like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or often like when I help my clients with decluttering, they have boxes and boxes full of things. And I say, and they're often stored away out of sight, out of mind. And, and I'm saying like, wouldn't it be beautiful if you would have one item that is up, but actually this plate that you would see mm-hmm. and it would, that loved one would be so much more present in your life and you would be so much more aware of it. And the rest you could let go without any problem because it sits in a box tucked away anyways so
1: absolutely yeah
0: yeah and I feel too like um it's not natural like nature does decluttering like we talked about spring and summer I mean in fall she basically declutters you know and our body declutters with the digestions digestion and all that you know so I feel like we're we're blocking a lot of the natural flow Mm -hmm. by hanging on to these things
1: yeah and I think that that's what we're seeing right now with the pandemic I mean the pandemic is the world decluttering we are overpopulated we are harming ourselves we are harming um, nature we are harming the animals we're harming everything Um, and it is Mm -hmm. the fear that is coming about is the attachment that we have to this way of life. When in reality, if we could have a more um, Buddhist approach or a more, shall we say, old fashioned approach, meaning old fashioned from hundreds of years ago where death was a part of reality and and understanding and honoring death as kind of the great equalizer um, and not being so afraid of it and being able to step into into life because when you're constantly pushing away death which is at our door every second of every day when we're constantly yeah. pushing that away we are also pushing away life so we need to to mm-hmm. let go of that that fear and be able to step into life and live as fully as we possibly can in every moment cuz you can get hit by a bus just as easily as you could you know catch catch a, a virus so Um, And and a lot of us are doing things that are far more detrimental, let's be honest, to our bodies um, that then, you know, and we're not thinking anything of it. We all know that smoking hurts you. We all know that, you know, the processed foods are killing us, legitimately slowly rotting us from the inside out, but we want that bag of Doritos. So um, when we can't let go and live fully. We're just—we're already dead, in my opinion. We're <laughs> just living in our own um, sarcophagus in many
0: ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned Ayurveda before. Uh, so how that has this? Um, <laughs> how does this help us get into a more uh, live life more? And, and I know you said Ayurveda uh, changed your life and it has enriched your life too. So um, maybe not everybody wants to become an Ayurveda uh, practitioner or something, but what are some of the, um, of the advantages when you're following that path?
1: I, I don't even think of it so much as following a path more because um, it is just living in balance with your own body so it be, in the beginning it feels weird and it takes work and you have to think but after a while it becomes second nature because you're just living in tune with yourself <laughs> this is the way we're meant to live so it, it, once you understand so ayurveda is very similar to chinese medicine and it works with the five element theory and with the idea that i am a elemental makeup i have my own equation i'm like a math equation over here and you are your own equation And each and every person holds their own equation of how much air they have, how much ether they have, how much fire, how much water, how much earth. So we're all living with our own equation. Now, because we're living and we're not stagnant, everything that we touch, everything that we do, everyone we talk to lifts up or lowers down different aspects of those elements. So if you think about it in a practical terms, if somebody comes into your office, you're at work, somebody comes into your office and they're angry, how does that make you feel? That is gonna, then that feeling is a shift of the elements. Maybe you get angry, your fire is rising. Maybe you had childhood issues with people yelling. So your fire actually drops down because you wanna shrink. So how do we maintain our equilibrium that we're born with? Because our equation that we're born with is what we want to keep as much as possible, stay as close to as possible, because that's our natural state of balance. And Mm -hmm. so it's like looking at our food and like, if I'm having a a stressful day, that stress, think about it, it's like electricity, it's in the air, it is up, up energy, up energy. So I want to have food that's going to bring me back down into my body that's going to get rid of that electricity. So it's like, oh, maybe I should have a nice grounding soup, or if I eat meat, like a hearty hamburger, um, you know, w- warm drinks, things that are going to, with roots, you know, like put some turmeric root in your tea, things that are going to bring you down. And then if you're, if you're feeling depressed, you're heavy, you're down in that earth, you're kind of muddy, you're emotional, watery. So emotions are water. Um, okay, well, I need to do something that's going to be more elevating. So maybe like bubbly water, this is going to be upper vest and it's going to lift me up. These things that we don't mm-hmm. think create a change in our life. But if we pause long enough to check in, we would recognize that they absolutely do make a change Mm -hmm. in our lives. So it's really all about attention, awareness, and intention. That Mm -hmm. attention and awareness, where am I right now? And where do I want to go? What is my intention? Am I good where I'm at? Mm -hmm. Great. Let's just keep it here. Do I need to change Mm -hmm. in some level? Um, Mm -hmm. So you, once you understand that and you start to like the most profound thing for me was being able to look at my partner and have so much more compassion and love and understanding for them, because I wasn't Mm -hmm. looking at it from a standpoint of, of like, you're just saying this to be a jerk. (laughs) One of the things was, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd be like, where do you want to eat dinner? What do you want to eat for dinner? And they'd go, I don't care. And it was, I always took it as like, you're making me, I make all the decisions, but in reality, they just didn't care. They really didn't care. And and if if I needed them to make the decision, all I had to learn to say was, I really need you to make this decision tonight. I'm really tired. I don't want to make the decision. And they go, okay, cool. We're having Thai food. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was the most profound thing was being able to my interactions with people is to see people for their elemental quirks. And once you understand the quirks that go with it, you're like, oh man, you're not trying to irritate me. That's mine. You're just being you and you're being beautiful. And how do I relate to you in this way now? And, and that, man, that was so profound. It changed my relationship with, with, in my romantic relationships. It changed my familial relationships. It changed my work relationships across the board. It, it created so much more joy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah yes. that's what astrology does for me so it sounds similar like a lot of things sound similar it's just just from a different culture it sounds like but in our pre-chat you also told me something that of course I want to hear more about you said you can walk into somebody's home and you kind of know um, like from from the items they have sitting around uh, you you can know a lot about them can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah for sure um so i mean part of that comes from from ayurveda and part of that also comes from being like traveling so much and being in people's homes so often (laughs) and just noticing like putting that correlated correlation together of like seeing the way someone's house was and then seeing the way that their mental and emotional state was so i did learn very quickly to be able to assess the situation from walking into somebody's house and um, in the, the opening chapter of my book, the conscious alcoholic, I talk all about five element theory and, mm-hmm. and I, I explain what the different body types and, 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 uh, elemental types are. And it's like a Vata person who's air and ether. So like wind and space, um, they will have typically stuff sporadically thrown about. So it's messy, but it's not congested. Um, mm-hmm. and they're the type of person that I always, I, I like to talk about concert tickets in this. And this was actually inspired by one of my best friends in Spain um, cause she had a board full of concert tickets <laughs> and I always thought about that. So I used that in the book. Um, but a Vata person will be like, I'm going to keep this concert ticket. But typically the concert ticket has disappeared by the time they've left the concert because they've lost it somehow. But they're also like, they're like, oh, man, I'm bummed. I wanted to keep that. And then they're like, who wants pizza? (laughs) They're on to the next thing. Um, A pitta person, you walk into their house. A pitta is fire and water. You walk into their house, everything is organized. Bookshelf, alphabetized. Um, Closet, (laughs) color-coordinated, super organized. They can tell you where everything is. you And if a concert ticket, they probably don't even keep the concert ticket. They get through and on their way out, they drop it in the garbage because they, they're like, I don't need this. Or if they do want to keep it, they already, they've already they decided before they've even gotten to the concert where that concert ticket is going <laughs> when mm. they get home.
0: On yeah. a wall. <laughs>
1: and then a Kafa person who is water and earth, you walk into their house and it's cluttered, but it's also congested. So it's, mm-hmm. it might be, they are the people that you find that are hoarding. Not always, but a very unbalanced, that's what unbalanced kafa is. It is that hoarding aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and they with the concert tickets are, are the ones that have every concert ticket strewn all over the house in random places, <laughs> piles of them. Um, they typically know where everything is for the most part, but um, it is definitely cluttered and, and a bit chaotic. So yeah, you can tell a lot from what's going on. And then like you definitely, if you know somebody really well and you walk into their house and it's different than it normally is, then you know to look at them and be like, are you feeling okay? Is there anything going on in your
0: life? Do we need to talk? Yeah, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can see when people are out of line. And then so, yeah, and so then, So that would have, you you kind of answered my question because I always kind of knew these three types of people in Ayurveda and I wasn't so aware of the five elements and how they fit together, but you kind of explained it now. And so what we're trying to do is like, um if if we are one of these three if we recognize ourselves in one of the three that you just said what we're trying to do probably is kind of like balancing that more out no so somebody that vada you said was very airy and e so they're a little bit scattered so we want to bring more grounding in um a pita person is too fiery so they need to calm down some no I well there's think. and then there's
1: that's semi right so there's everything has their positives and negatives So like Mm -hmm. when a Vata is in a balanced state, they are naturally going to be a fantastic multitasker, a fantastic manifester, Mm -hmm. a dreamer. They're going to like talk Mm -hmm. about something and it's going to show up for them the next day. When they're out of balance, they're going to Mm -hmm. be nervous, anxious, unorganized, not be able to find things, not be able to manifest things. Um, So that's what their positive and negatives look like. So Pitta, when they're in the positive, they're born leaders. They're direct. Mm -hmm. um, They lead with kindness and compassion. They um, have the great problem solving skills. So you give them a problem and they're like, let me get back to you. And 10 minutes later, they've got the whole thing planned out. When they're in their negative state, they are resentful. Um, They're bitter. So like you come to them and ask them to do something. I've got a problem and they'll fix it for you, but they're gonna hang on to that resentment that you even asked them for months. It's going to come up in an argument six months later. Um, they're also very sharp, meaning uh, so sharp in both ends, sharp meaning very clever when they're balanced and sharp mm-hmm. meaning very like sharp, like a knife, they'll cut you when they're out of balance. So if they get too much in there, um, they will snap at you when you come to ask a question or try to pull them out of what they're focused on. And then Kafas, when they're in their balanced state, they're so nurturing and loving. They're like, can I cook for you? Can I hug you? Let's cuddle. They give the best hugs. They're very grounded. They're very calm. They're very logical, meaning like logical in the unemotional sense of, of clarity, like you come and you're upset and they're just like, hey, take a deep breath, sit on the couch, let me make you some tea. We're just gonna make all of this make sense. (laughs) But when they're unbalanced, they can't get off the couch. They are stuck, Mm -hmm. they can't move. They, They don't even wanna think about what's for dinner because that's too much work to even get through the day. And they can, that's when they get in the hoarding state where it's just easier to leave it there than to throw it out. I don't even want to deal with it. It's just going to, you know, you, you hear those hoarders talk about like, I don't know. I just like one day it was clean in here and the next day it was not. <laughs> yes. And I just, I just yeah, couldn't throw funny. it away.
0: It, it happened overnight and you're like, uh,
1: clearly 40 <laughs> years of newspapers in here.
0: Yeah, exactly it clearly didn't happen overnight. Yeah. yeah. But so now if if we find ourselves in one of these um unbalanced or or more if we want to value put value on it negative uh, states of the um three types how do we get up
1: <laughs> like yeah. into the So th- positive so that's one. where recognizing where you are is so valuable. And it is it is mm-hmm. always taking that step to actually do it. But once you have the understanding, you, you typically don't get deep into the, the negative aspects yeah. because you catch yourself way earlier. But the idea yeah, is to yeah. go, essentially wake up every morning and go, who am I today? What do I need? Oh, I'm feeling mm. feeling really bummed. I'm feeling like this overwhelm has put me into a place of depression. you know, And, and that is, so today, what do I want out of today? I want to try to get inspired. I want to start to feel my body. So it is like moving, you know, I need to move today. Cause I'm heavy. I need to move. I need to get on a trampoline. I think everyone should have a trampoline in their house. Like just one of the little rebounding <laughs> exercise ones.
0: Yeah, you, you cannot yeah. be
1: unhappy and on a trampoline. <laughs> it is the best way to move energy. It is the best way to move emotion that is stuck. It is the best way to move mental blocks. So I think everyone should have, that's like my number one thing across the board, everybody get a rebounder. (laughs) Um, But just knowing like I need to move my body or when you wake up and you're just anxiety and and stress, it's like, okay, how do I, if I'm feeling this friction in my life, how do I smooth out that friction? Oh, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna plan for a bath later. Um, I'm gonna make sure that all my food today is like really nice and grounding. I'm gonna go with the roots, or I'm gonna go with the meat. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have warm teas. You know, if you wake up and you're angry, you're hot. Well, okay, I know that I need to have um, cooling things today. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll have some salad with the cucumber. Um, You know, not ice cold water, because that's not good for anybody, but like, you know, room temperature water or slightly cool water. Um, Mm -hmm. So once you start to understand your foods and or like, Mm -hmm. man, I'm fiery this morning. I want to cool down. My my brain is fiery. My emotions are fiery. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wear blues and greens, or i'm going to wear you know earthy colors and watercolors and that's the you know if i'm in a depressed state i'm going to go with um like whites and blue like light pastels if i'm in a really like stressed space i'm going to go with you know browns and and earth colors so mm-hmm. you so you find like where am i out of balance and what's a, what's a, mm-hmm. like on the wheel of life what is across from that imbalance i need more of that yeah Bring some more of that into my life and then I'll meet in the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. So is that how you help your clients talk a little bit? Like you wrote a book and I think you have some courses or programs. Talk a little bit how you help people with this, yeah. how would that look?
1: So Ayurveda can be put onto anything. And that's how I ended up with the book, The Conscious Alcoholic. Um, I was yes. at of a positive meditation. A woman who worked in the liquor industry was fascinated with Ayurveda. We were talking and she was, can you do this with liquor? And I was like, you can do this with anything, surfboards, underwear, whatever you want. <laughs> um, so, she, you know, that kind of sparked the idea of, of the book. So, the book, despite ha- being a cocktail book and it's, it's, um, its title, is largely about intention. That's why it's The Conscious Alcoholic. If you are going to drink, how can you do it in the most intentional way possible? Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. people are going to do all sorts of things. <laughs> and if you can apply it to your life, fabulous. You're, you're already on the road to success. Um, so the book, the first part, is all about the five element theory. The second part is all the plant medicine from what's in the recipes, teaching people to make tinctures, um, te- teaching people to make infusions, um, teaching them all about the different plants that they can use in regular life, let alone just in your cocktails. And then the last bit is bro- is broken down into understanding um, the spirits of vodka, gin, rum, tequila, bourbon, or whiskey, um, wine, beer is touched on. So that you can understand when you sit down I want a cocktail this afternoon. What is the one that's going to be best for my body mm. and my mind mm. and my emotions? Because <laughs> everything oh, affects everything yeah. else. So it's the same thing that, you know, I do that in with working with my clients. And um, I have three programs. I've got um, dip your toes, waist deep, and then deep dive. And that is because not everybody wants to have all the information given in to them right away. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I want all the information, give it all to me I want to process it all. And tomorrow I make hundred percent of the changes, but that is not everybody. So the, the dip your toes yeah. is like, I'm curious. I want to shift. Give me some easy, like tangible things that I can do with my life to start that process. Um, Mm -hmm. the waist deep is, is a little bit deeper where it's a much more in-depth, um, dive into your food, into different wellness activities that you can do into different body care activities you can do. And then the, um, deep dive is I want to do Ayurveda and I want to do a bunch of other things too. So I want to maybe do private yoga. I maybe want to do energy clearing. So clearing out limiting beliefs. So, um, you know, the, getting to the root of why I'm doing stuff, why I'm hanging on to this stuff emotionally. Um, you know, if, if I'm in the vicinity of people, body work, offering them body work. So that, that one comes, like that one is huge. It comes with like, I think it's five one-on-one sessions with me and f- um, four accountability check-ins the middle one waist deep comes with just accountability check-ins. And then the dip your toes is just the consultation. Um, you get your full write-up and then we have an opportunity to talk about your write-up. Mm-hmm. So those are the different ways people can work with me because again, not everybody wants to change their, their stuff yeah. overnight. And actually a Uh, yoga studio owner said to me years ago when I was doing Ayurveda, she goes, you're changing the philosophy to fit people's lives. You have to change your life to fit the philosophy. And I said, yeah, if you want people to fail, I'm not in the business of having people fail. I want to change people's lives. And if they are willing to and capable of doing one thing different tomorrow, then that's what we work on. I meet people where they're at.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I love it because that's what like I always say, like there for me, there are no rules how to declutter. And one of my sayings is a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away, little steps. Um, and and another thing I'm saying is decluttering is self-love. And I and that's what I kind of love in your message too. It's like it's about us and what would feel good to us, and when we start to become more aware of the environment, and I don't only mean the physical environment, the social environment, our mind environment, our emotional environment, in ourselves and, and also around us, um, we, we live so much more um, well, alive and, and and conscious. And um, I feel like that's how you get from chaos to peace. Yeah. That's kind of my thing. And there is different ways. That's why I love having amazing guests like you on, because there is different ways how we can come to this. And, um, but as long as we're on the journey, I feel like that is so rewarding.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One step at a time.
0: <laughs> yeah, one step at a time. Exactly. So. Um, Where can people find your website? Where can people find your offerings if they wanted to find you?
1: Everything is available through my website. Um, I have a YouTube channel. I have Facebook. I have Instagram. I have all of that, but it is all reachable through my website, which is holisticmojo.com. At the top right corner, you've got all my icons. So you can go to my Etsy shop. You can go to my Instagram. My Instagram is a lot of um, food photos because I'm a food-driven animal. Um, and travel photos when I'm traveling more. Um, so uh-huh. it's a lot of inspirational stuff to just keep people going. Um, and because I like yeah. taking photos
0: <laughs> and my
1: YouTube is, is just wellness stuff. It's stuff to help you, you know, take those steps, actionable things that are easy. Um, also through my website, you can get my 30 days to mindfulness course, which is free you just go and click on it. Oh, yeah. And it is one thing every single day, like super tiny things just to think about. And one of my favorites is the, the infamous toilet paper roll. <laughs> some people like <laughs> it over, some people like it under. And there's all these like reasons behind it, but I don't think anybody actually ever does it from a place of, I just like it better that way. Mm-hmm. you know so it's things like that like tr- if you are an over do it under for a, for a couple of days and see how it makes you feel <laughs> because mm-hmm. it could be that yeah. your mother had it over and her mother had it over we're doing you know like yeah. ketchup doesn't need to be refrigerated but we still refrigerate it why you know like yeah. do you, is it you prefer it cold like these little things that help align you with yourself yeah. so you so we yeah. stop having to justify ourselves how undermining yeah. is living our lives when people are constantly asking us to justify, you know what? I'm an under person for the toilet paper. Why? Cause I like it that way. <laughs> There's yeah. no conversation or argument there. I like it that way. Get yeah. off my back. I know I like it that way. I've tried it both ways. Now, sometimes mm. it's not comfortable that way. And I change it over because I'm in a different bathroom in a different country. I don't know, but <laughs> When you get get like the justification, man, it's like guilt and justification. Those are the two most poisonous things, I think, in our culture. So when you know yourself, you're just like, no, this is who I am. I'm cool. Thanks. Thanks for coming to my TED talk.
0: (laughs) This is the way I do my toilet paper. (laughs) Yeah. I love it, Sahara. Thanks so much for coming on my show and sharing your wisdom. I could talk with you forever. It was great to be here today. Thanks for having me. Okay, my friend, that was my conversation with Sahara Lee. If you find value in what Sahara and I were talking about, please share it with your family and friends, because if you found value, they will too you find all the links of the things we were talking about in the show notes and the show notes you find at ConnieGraph.com forward slash podcast forward slash 77. That is ConnieGraph, C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 77. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today and listening all the way to the end. Have a beautiful and amazing week and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. As I told you, I have some amazing guests coming up. See you next time. Take good care and be safe.